Alter Life with Brent and Jeff. Good evening and welcome to the Alter Life. I'm here. I'm Jeff. Brent's here. Yeah. Hi, guys. He's, he's Brent. And we have another great topic for you from our Titus and Philemon series. We're excited to be back here and uh, the third installment, Jeff, of our um, To Serve and Protect series going through Titus and Philemon. Um, it's been good so far and we're excited to get back into the Word of God tonight and continue on in chapter one of Titus. And also very excited for the lineup of music we have tonight. Excited about uh, the bands in store and the groups in store. Jeff, as always, bring in uh, the Ultra Life, bring in the music. So, uh, <laughs> so sit back and enjoy. Take it in. Get your Bibles out. Let's follow along and let's kind of dig into the Word and see what God has for us tonight. Um, Sounds good. Pretty exciting. So we'll just get right in. Verse 10 is where we left off last time. So we're going to continue on in verse 10. For there are... Many insubordinate, both idle talkers and deceivers, especially those of the circumcision, whose mouths must be stopped, who subvert whole households, teaching things they ought not for the sake of dishonest gain. And, uh, you know, Paul pointing out people who are even the Jewish people, you know, those of the circumcision who are supposed to be religious, (laughs) setting the example, right? Whose mouths must be stopped because they're leading, they're they're deceivers and they're talkers and insubordinate. They're leaving whole families. That kind of jumped out at me when I read that on my own. Subverting whole households, you know. Subvert. All these households of people off track because of the influence of, you know, apparent leadership or apparent examples of religious people and in the faith and. Um, you know, it's hap- it's an epidemic. I mean, it happens even, you know, even today in our country and in the world, you know, people who are supposed to be religious leaders leading whole households astray um, for the sake of their own dishonest gain, the sake of their own popularity or, you know, wanting to be new and relevant or tricky, um, you know, trying to be all hip or whatever it is, you know, People following these people, and you know, I've got some examples that we can I can unfold in this episode of, of what we're talking about and how it kind of manifests itself in the church as we continue. Brent was talking about what Titus was, you know, entrusted to deal with being left in Crete and the Cretans, which we talked about last week. Um, just to kind of give you a little context, you know, he Paul leaves Titus in Crete so that he can set things in order and get men that are of good character to oversee the church and the the dealings of the the community, the Jesus community within that that region. Um, And basically he's going to tell them now, he's like, it's going to be hard for you to find people that match the description I just gave you because Cretans are bad. They're, they're, (laughs) they're, oh no, people. (laughs) It's like you just can't find a single person. And, you know, those of the circumcision, which Paul dealt with all the time, following in his footsteps and building again the the law behind him when he was preaching grace um you know they come along just like they always do and they're just talkers you know they're like filibustering the work of god basically because they're they're putting things in 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 uh in people's way stumbling blocks and stuff that just are not what god had for the new covenant you know and it's 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 a shame but you know titus is is put in this position and he says you know these people's mouths must be stopped. I love Paul because he doesn't he doesn't say you know maybe you can talk to them. 
maybe you can like see where they're coming from you know have dinner with them and just really feel them out <laughs> now he's like these people are doing something he says these people are doing something and they need to be stopped at all costs i added that little <laughs> at all costs but basically that's what he's saying he's saying they're leading entire households astray teaching things which they ought not for the sake of dishonest gain so basically they're portraying themselves as having some great knowledge taking money for it sounds familiar to me like brent was saying yeah you know new york times bestseller if, if a christian book is a bestseller in a secular publication then you know that there's you might want to just kind of read it read that with, with a skeptic guy yeah because if the world <laughs> the the unbelieving world is accepting it as like this is good and it's like well how good could it be that? <laughs> <laughs> that's true <laughs> it's a bunch of liars it's it's and it's always you know, you always have to be wary of the fact when people actually add to, right? And if you think about these religious leaders, the circumcised, as Jeff was saying, they were always adding to grace, you know, adding to, yeah, that's great that you have to be that, but no, you have to do this and you have to do that, you know, putting the, the extra stuff on adding to or taking away from, you know, and I think about Revelation where, you know, Jesus says, don't add or take away from this book or I'll add to you or the plagues yeah. of, of what's in this book. And it's like, it, it's it's there's a weight to it god hates that you know it's it's the word of god no more no less <laughs> and uh you know i was just as we're reading through this passage you know what's prevalent through the beginning part of chapter one here through this chapter has been the concept of discernment you know as we are in the church and as we um have a lot of things being thrown at us by our culture you know by uh even the culture of our churches um there's a lot of crazy stuff out there. I mean, I was talking to someone who was just coming out from under the bondage of feeling like uh, relating. She was taught in a church by leaders of a church, you know, that if um, she was sick, you know, then that means she did something wrong. You know, she was in sin. And she was coming out of the bondage of that because she had a daughter who was sick and um, was trying to figure out, like, what did I do, God? You know, and spent a long time you know, feeling the weight of man-made, you know, um, not something that was taught in the Bible, but something that man-made and kind of put on her and, um, just seeing her, the struggle and how she, you know, God had to pull her out of that and show her the truth and get her out of that, what I'll call falsity, you know, um, kind of woke in my eyes to, wow, like, you know, even the confines of a church, you know, that slight, you know, it only starts slightly, you know, there's this slight, you know, adding to or taking away. And then it, years later, that looks like complete, complete false doctrine. <laughs> and, um, you know, how as, you know, believers in Christ, how we're encouraged through this to look at those things and to call them for what they are, you know, and um, measure those things against the word of God. Yeah, I mean, I like how he says they're insubordinate. Uh, you yeah. know, there is a there's a structure here, like the apostles they were getting revelation directly from God, you know, through Jesus, through the Spirit. Paul gives us a lot of things that he says, I received this revelation from Jesus Christ. Um, these people are coming in, should be, you know, submitting themselves under the apostles' doctrine, and they're just completely going against it. And to have that type of attitude, Paul is just livid. <laughs> you know, the Judaizers and everybody that would come in, especially, it's not even like they're like, they have a good motivation and they're just off you know like you read about apollos and stuff where it's like he was very zealous and he he was a great orator but he only believed in the baptism of john like he didn't realize i don't know how you don't realize that jesus died and rose again but 
then they taught him they taught him correctly and he was like on fire for Jesus so you know there are people that have good intentions and they just don't know and then there are people that are like wolves in sheep's clothing right and that's right. what he's dealing with here and he's like you got to put an end to this right now you're listening to the altar life with Brent and Jeff that was who's to blame by believable picnic a 90s flashback you gotta love that I do love that thank you uh, <laughs> this is part three of our to serve and protect series tonight's episode of servants responsibility definitely looking on the protect side here paul's saying you know what there's these people coming in they're creeping into the church they're leading people astray put an end to it get the belt take the wood to these people you know what i mean like i like that attitude because i think a lot of times in the church we're like oh we don't want to step on toes you know oh well what do we do we're supposed to love everybody it's like yeah but guess what they're it's not loving the believers if you're allowing somebody to come in and lead them astray how's that loving it's like opening up the doors to all the the criminals into your house and be like oh here you go take my <laughs> here kidnap my kids take my expensive jewelry whatever just it's stupid put an end to it put an end to it <laughs> uh yeah you know i read this thing about dishonest gain and I, it always makes me think of you know the motivation of of the heart jeff kind of alluded to it a little bit but um really it's good to it's good to weigh the motivation in someone's life it's interesting um what people will do to sell a book or grow a church or uh let's let's water down some things just a little bit to uh get people in or we got people in let's beat them over the head with you got to contribute to the thermometer in the corner so we have enough for the building fund uh you know for what you know is it honest gain dishonest gain as the Bible says. All right, that was Make Some Noise by Crystal Myers. That's what you got to do when people start leading people astray, man. You stand don't stand up. idly by. You make some noise. That's right. Stand up. How would that look? You think it would be like, hey, you, stop that there. I see that in your purse. <laughs> it's like, shoplifter. You insubordinate idle talker and deceiver, you. You cretin. <laughs> <laughs> like it says I don't start calling people that. I know. What a, what My a, Bible says the expression to cretinize meant to lie. <laughs> like they actually use that. That's funny. It's like a synonymous with yeah. lying. <laughs> you know, kids got grounded for cretin, creting. Yeah. <laughs> <Cretin>. <laughs> and we've, that, we talk about that. People call people cretins these days. Like, you cretin? Yeah. I've heard that. Maybe I'm just watching too much Hercules and the Legendary Journeys, but. <laughs> Confession. <laughs> One uh, of them, verse 12. One of them, a prophet of their own, said, Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, lazy gluttons. How would you like that to be like on your tombstone? <laughs> <laughs> the guy's like, hey, I'm, a, I, I'm one of these people, and I even say all the time, lying, lazy, dis- evil beasts. That sounds awful. <laughs> and it says always. They are always that. There's no exception to that rule. Yes. That's pretty crazy. And then verse 13 says, this testimony is true. <laughs> Paul's like, I second that. <laughs> I'm picking up what you're putting down, Cretan prophet. Imagine being called like Titus to this group of people. You know, the lying, evil, beast, lazy gluttons. Kind of like being called to America. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Everybody goes overseas, and I'm not saying that that's bad, but I think the, har- the hardest... You know, hardest field to harvest is America mm-hmm. in that regard when we're all lazy beasts, lazy gluttons, evil, evil beasts, beasts. Yeah. liars, yeah. hard-hearted. 
And Titus had a responsibility, didn't he? I mean, to, to Paul asked them to set up shop and raise up people among the Cretans who would be faithful and willing to divide truth from falsity. And, uh, you know, here he is being challenged to, you know, discern even the prophets within the Cretan circles already to kind of be able to sift through that and to be able to say, hey, you know what, you're called to, se- to separate the truth out. And deal boldly with that you know don't mince words and um you know we we have a responsibility to do that as well and you know i think so often the church goes unchallenged (laughs) you know we hear oh that's that that crazy church you know whatever and um or we let people go off and think what they're going to think oh he's just crazy he'll figure it out eventually you know you know unaddressed that could really hurt an individual and a soul could really and it could subvert an entire household that's what this is saying Um, so the stakes are high thanks again for just tuning in tonight we're continuing on servant and protect series and talking about discernment talking about um, tonight false teachers and doctrine and how important it is to weigh those things against the word of God and um best way to know counterfeit jeff is to to know the real thing that's yeah. right and one of the things that um paul said about the characteristics to look for in choosing elders he said that they would hold fast the faithful word as he has been taught that he may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and to convict those who contradict and that's where we left off last week and then he, that's when he jumps in by saying because guess what there's a lot of people who want to lead people astray and it's the elder's job, the servant among the church, to know the word of God. And, and I think we need to take that personally if we're involved in a local church community, which we all should be. Um, that it's not just, oh, those guys are the designated elders of the church and they'll take care of that for me. We're all called as servants of God to know the word of God and to be able to rightly divide the truth from the error, like Brent was saying, because that's what the word of God does, it cuts through all that stuff. And if we rightly apply that, then it'll be able to, to sniff out any of that deception, any of that um, heresy, if, if, if that's the case. And um, it won't foster, it, the, the, the more we stay quiet in scenarios like that, it fosters an attitude among the church, whereas like, it's easy for anybody to come in and do that. But if we're on top of it and everybody's applying the word of God, that's going to get stiffed out so easily. It's not even going to be a concern because people will come in. They'll realize, well, this church is grounded. There's no no way to get these people astray. So I'm going to go on to the next church. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's 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 definitely something a warning to all of us in the church to, to apply ourselves to knowing the word of God so that we can discern what's wrong and what's right. And discernment's so important in this day and age. I mean, there's so much coming at us. I mean, I was just reading on the the newspaper this past weekend about a guy who wrote a book and introduced the new testament you know and you're like uh so nothing new under the sun and uh you just know when it's a new testament you have to be a little bit weary of it but i mean just stuff all the time just being thrown at us about this and it's it's so important to stay grounded in the word of god you're unbelievable the altar this is unbelievable i cannot believe this this is unbelievable this is unbelievable All right, that was Put the Blame on Me by The Waiting, another 90s flashback talking about leading somebody astray and not allowing God to to hold that person accountable. But uh, it's time for our unbelievable segment, and Brent has a great one. Well, I don't know how great it'll be, but... um, (laughs) A relatable one. We were talking about the Cretans and the lazy gluttons that they are, 
And uh, sometimes I'm just too lazy to go to bed, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. Um, but then there's those times where you have to stay up, where there's, you're just working on something, and you just try to get through the night, and you got to, you know, it's like, and I was just thinking about, the. it's interesting how the body goes through different phases as it's like approaching complete sleep dep- deprivation. I mean, you kind of start off with, you know, just getting kind of tired, so you're like looking for a snack, you know, Yeah. <laughs> and um, to keep giving you some- Can of soda. Right. And then you can somehow get through that. If you can get through that, you get this like bolt of just like delirious giddiness, like where you're just like, <laughs> and it's like it's like a Everything second started, jolt of energy, yeah. right? And it's like I'm not tired at all. I could stay up all night, <laughs> and uh, you get all confident in your ability to like be sleep deprived. How often those words have been spoken <laughs> in complete <laughs> misunderstanding and naivete? Yeah. <laughs> And then, then once that kind of goes through, it's complete crash. It's just, <laughs> oh, how am I even going to stay awake, you know? And then you start, and then after a while, then it's then like the feeling of being sick starts to like, oh, oh man, it's like, the worst. You know? Yeah, and we've all had those all-nighters in college or whatever it was where we're just, or for me, it's been work, <laughs> but getting through it. And um, I was just thinking, man, the body's a crazy thing. And you start going through all that, those phases. And I get to a point where like, things that never made sense before start making sense you're like <laughs> i don't know why that never made sense before but now it does because your body's like i'm just gonna flip the switch on so you understand it so you'll let me sleep <laughs> and I, I was finding that you know when you're sleep deprived sometimes like certain noises or certain like thing creaks in the house get extra creepy because yeah. you have less tolerance for stress you're and, like hallucinating <laughs> and you have no filter because yeah. your filter kind of goes down so it's like everything's like tragic you yeah know? i know for me like i usually hit the wall after lunch like everybody does and you just like <laughs> like you eat and you're like full yeah and you're like oh, I just take a nap right now but then you, you have another cup of coffee or whatever and you get through and I then I sit down with my kids if I read them a book or whatever, and I'm like dozing. I feel myself going. I'm like, oh no, I gotta get up. And then I get that like, oh, let's go do stuff. You know, I'm ready to go now. I got like the 30 seconds of sleep. And then you get to the point, and I hope you know you never get to this point where anything looks like a suitable pillow. <laughs> You're like, oh man, that cobblestone walkway looks so good to just curl up on right now. <laughs> it's like. Or like Jacob when he laid his head down on the rock. On a rock yeah. as a pillow. And you're like, how did, that's not comfortable. How like, did he do that? He was probably in the fifth stage of sleep deprivation. Oh, most and definitely. He, it looked like a big, cushy, Charmin-looking piece of <laughs> deliciousness. I, I get to that point where I'm so exhausted that you lay in bed awake and your body won't <laughs> right. shut off. Like right. you're, you're thinking so much about not sleeping that it doesn't allow you to sleep. Anyway, we're going to take a short break. Uh, for our station identification, but stay tuned for hour two. All right, that was House of Heroes, Out My Way. Out My Way. Cretan. <laughs> out My Way. <laughs> you lazy glutton. Crete, is that a place that exists anymore? Because I don't want to yeah. offend anybody. It does. But I'm going to start saying Cretan. I'm like, come on, Cretan. I wonder if there's still evil beasts yeah. and, and lazy gluttons. Out. I, I feel like it's like medieval language. It's like, you vile beast. Yeah. That's funny. Cretan. Anyway. my trusty steed. If you're just tuning in, that, that was a weird time to tune in. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we are doing a, a series in Titus and Philemon called Serve and Protect. And tonight we're finishing up Titus 1 and we're having a good time in the Word of God and learning about discernment and learning about um, sifting out the false um, and measuring things against the word of God. And, um, you know, Titus had a challenge being in this culture that 
didn't really respect um, as much the Word of God and was all about getting things for themselves and um, also putting putting uh, people back under the bondage of um, Jewish fables and commandments. And he goes on in verse 13 and he says, This testimony is true um, that the Cretans were lazy. Therefore rebuke them sharply that they may be sound in the faith, not given heed to Jewish fables and commandments and um, of men who turn from the truth. So, you know, just following those commandments means that you are turning from the truth. That was said a lot by Bleach. And this is, that was a song from Paul to these people with the Jewish fables that wouldn't shut up. <laughs> he said a lot of things this year, half of them untrue. Good job, Bleach. Anyway, uh, Brent left off verse 13 and 14. The fact that these people were liars, evil beasts, and lazy gluttons was true in Paul's mind. He's like, everybody knows that. Therefore, rebuke them sharply because they won't take a nice little uh, you know, pat on the back. You got to rebuke them sharply. Or a, or a subtle drop a hint. Yeah, it's like um, you do the eye thing, like when you have to let somebody know that they're, they forgot to zip their pants back <laughs> up. You know, you're kind of like, or you try to do the finger thing when they have something in their teeth. No. It's like, dude, what is in your tooth? <laughs> That's what rebuking sharply is. Uh, anyway, <laughs> that's a great image. It's like you yelling at somebody. What is your mouth like a garden? I don't need to know what you have for lunch. Anyway, uh, <laughs> not giving heed to Jewish fables. But I like that there's a motivation here. It's not that Paul's like, just put those people in their place so you can be right and they're wrong. He says, right. so that they may be sound in faith. So there's that heart of compassion that Paul has. He's like, these people are being led astray, but he wants the people that are causing the problems to be rebuked so that they would be sound in faith. Like, he's not just saying, you know, rebuke them and have nothing to do with them. He's saying, set them straight so that they can, obviously they have an audience, so they can give right information rather than the wrong information, which is what we all do. You know, old stories that get spoken so many times that we forget that they're not actually in the Bible. Or, or sayings, you know what I mean? Sayings. I love blueletterbible.com has a thing that says say, sayings not found in scripture, and it's just a list of everything that's misattributed to the Bible. Like, uh, I forget. I have to think of that one. It's like, like, like any saved as a penny. Yeah, man. it's really it's really funny because it, it sounds like it should be in the Bible. Like, pride comes before a fall. It doesn't actually say that. It says pride comes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. But just common mis- misquoted things. Quoted? Is that right? I don't know. That sounded all right. Uh, that's fine. But anyway, um, but he says the fables and commandments of men. How many people have been put under the yoke of bondage of something that somebody told you that you had to do, and then you came to find out, oh, that's not in the Bible. What? <laughs> I've been led astray. Yeah, or things that you thought um, your whole life because your mom made you do it or something, <laughs> and you're someone... You kind of got that in your head, and then you realize you read the word, and it's like God brings some truth to the reality of that. And you're like, "Whoa, I'm not I have to live that way. That's awesome." <laughs> you know, God, you saved me even in that situation. Sounds like a lot of supernatural baloney to me. Supernatural, perhaps baloney, perhaps not. The altar life with Brent and Jeff. All right, that was Toby Mac, Unstoppable. That's what we need to be with all these false doctrine people but it says next giving heed to jewish fables and commandments of men who turn from the truth turning from the truth sounds scary you know would you be okay 
walking in false you know like if you what if you live the rest of your life you know it's apart from god what if you live the rest of your life chasing false things you know like if you still believe well that's <laughs> Kids, close your ears. Yeah. What if you still believe Santa Claus is true? What if you believe that like some of these things that you've been told and you live in the reality of not truth, you know? And then someone you realize like at the end of your life that none of the things you were living for was true. Like how would you feel about that? And um, but yet there's so many ways, you know, religion, I guess, or, or religious discussions are so people tolerate so much, you know, falsity. And don't challenge and don't seek out what's true. And they just kind of take what they're told and just kind of accept it. Like Lent, you know, like <laughs> things like, you know, we live our lives according to these things, these these fables, these man-made commandments, right? And what if you were the most faithful Lent doer ever <laughs> and you got to the end of your life and you realize that that's not in the Bible anywhere. It's not true. What are we doing this for, yep. you know? I could have had all. I could have had meat on Fridays for my whole life. You know, <laughs> it's a, it's a just I'm poking fun at it, but I mean that's the kind of that's what we're talking about tonight is dividing. Okay, what's really reality and what's not, and um, being able to come to the light of that and and walk in the light of truth and um, and not so we can be judgmental of the people that are lost, but that we can bring truth to their lives so that they can find themselves believing in and being sound in their faith. And um, bringing them back to the Lord and bringing them back ultimately to Jesus, who is the, the source of truth, who is the Word of God. You're listening to The Altar Life with Brent and Jeff, part three of our To Serve and Protect series. Tonight's topic is a servant's responsibility. And let's just take a little bit of time to look at what that means. You know, what are we responsible for? A lot of people like to walk into the church doors and walk out, have no connection with anybody, just want to check their box that they went to church, they want to say that I did my Christian thing. But there's something more that God calls us to do. He calls us to be in a community of believers, to, to be connected, to lift each other up to, um, you know, that's what when it says in Ephesians about that we would be founded on Christ as the cornerstone so that we would together be built and knit together into a holy temple so that the Holy Spirit can come and dwell among us, you know? There is no, you know, we are the church of God in, you know, people are. But the Bible is very clear that we need to come together as a people of God. And, um, you know, I've, when once you make that step and you come to that conclusion, you're like, all right, I need to be involved. Then there's the added, okay, now I need to make sure that not you don't want to be like the, the righteous police. You know, that's not what Paul's talking about. Like, hey, what are you doing? What are you up to? I saw that. I heard that, you know. People that just like to get people in trouble with the tattletale, spiritual tattletales and stuff. But there is a responsibility we have to make sure that, number one, the people we are associating with are in line with the scripture and not being led astray. And also for the people who are doing the leading astray to get out. <laughs> Either rebuke them, and if they take the rebuke, that's great. But if you if they don't, then that's the time when church discipline and... Um, you know, those things come into play and the elders of the church and the pastors and all that make that decision. But it's, it's serious business because the health of the church, you know, believers coming together, not the health of a building, but, you know, it's important that we take this seriously because God calls us to this responsibility to 
rebuke those people that need that who are leading other people astray because God doesn't take kindly to his little ones being led astray. And that's something for us to remember, especially as we continue on the rest of our To Serve and Protect series. That's why we have that protect portion because there's a huge emphasis on that in scripture that once we step into a role of ministry of any kind, it's our job to protect those who are we are ministering to. The end of James, he says, Brethren, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone turns him back, let him know that he who turns a sinner from error of his way will save a soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. And, you know, I know it's in context of someone walking like as a prodigal, but, you know, we could be, we could walk away from the truth for the sake of falsity and just false doctrine, you know, and uh, to be able to save someone back to that covers multitude of sins. That's pretty cool. The Altar Life. Music. Truth. Real. Period. All right, that was Newsboys Escape, second half of a Newsboys double play. Some devil plays tonight, as always. Yeah. Altar Life uh, phenomena. <laughs> um, it is a phenomena. It is. It's amazing. Um, no, but I was just saying, um, talking about the verse of James, but I, I just love thinking about how... You know, we're, we're challenged to save a brother from wandering from the truth. And, uh, you know, some people are just so far gone. It says in verse 15, to the pure, all things are pure. But to those who are defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure. But even their mind and conscience are defiled. They don't even have a conscience and a mind that knows any better. You know, they've gotten to that point where... They're so far gone from knowing the difference between truth and error that they're just living in error, not knowing or not realizing it. And um, their conscience is dulled. And, and, you know, as a brother, being able to step alongside and to be able to start pointing the truth out and reminding those brothers that have wandered from the truth, say, look, let's bring it back to the Word of God and let's, let's really see what does God say about this. Um, Man, what an effectual thing in someone's life to, to be able to open their eyes up to something, to the reality that they're not walking in truth and to be able to bring them back. Oh, how the Lord's heart is that, that, that we would be instruments used by him to, you know, help our brothers come back to the truth and, um, and produce solid believers and, and people who, who are focused on the Lord. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the importance of having elders and having people that are grounded because who's going to be there who are the, right. who's going to be the ones that stand up the pillars and, yeah the pillars of the church you know um it, it, it's dangerous when you have either you know the scripture is clear about that the, the way a church should be ordered but i don't think you'll find congregational rule not to ruffle any feathers but you won't really find that in the scripture um because just that in masses not masses as in Catholic masses, but like large groups of people, it tends to get stupider. <laughs> I'm using some harsh words here. <laughs> people tend to get buking sharp. Yeah, <laughs> people, you know, never underestimate underestimate the power of stupid people in masses. This is really what it happens to come down to because you get the more people you get together and an idea, it just goes off the rails. You need those people that are set up and founded in the truth to direct the way the church is going to run and that's the importance of what Paul's talking about Titus setting those things up alright that was the truth relying K and the last verse of chapter 1 says they pref- talking about these people who have had their conscience and their minds defiled 
that are walking away, that are not walking in truth. It says, they profess to know God, but in their works they deny him. Being abominable, abon- I can't say this word, abominable, <laughs> Jeff, say it. Abominable. Yeah, thank you. Um, disobedient and disqualified for every good work. You know, I, you know, I think about that, and there's so many people that profess to know God. I mean, I, I would say 95% of the people in my office profess to know God, and um, but they don't. You know, they don't know. They're 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 walking the way they want to walk, and they're not walking in according to the truth of God. And, you know, there's a few of those people in my office that profess that they don't believe God exists, um, but you know that. There's a lot of people, and the churches are filled. Oh, God, that we wouldn't be this, that profess to know you, and our actions speak against that. You know, isn't that crazy that he says that? He says, you know, they profess to know him. In their words, they say that. And when you look at their lifestyle, and you look at the things they're a part of, their works, they deny that he even exists. And, uh, you know, I think back, back to the Jewish fables and commandments, you know, these people were doing things, you know, they weren't necessarily all bad things, but they were just doing things to uh, satisfy their Jewish tradition, their, their Jewish fables, whatever, and turning to those things instead of looking at the Word of God. And God sees it as, you're choosing these things over me. And over I've laid it out before you, and you're deciding to not look at that, and you're deciding to pursue the things that you think is important. Um you're professing to know me with your mouth, but the way you're living your life, you're not. And um, man, that's a that's a that's a verse that should make us sober us a little bit. Lord, am I that? Oh, that I wouldn't be like that. That I that I wouldn't just say that I know you and my lifestyle speaks a different message. Yeah, I mean, listen, we're not. This isn't an episode where it's like Brent and Jeff tell you how to run a church. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's not, that's the farthest from what this is. This is us going through. Titus and, and seeing what Paul has to say, but there is something to be said, you know, about how he lays this out and the importance of this role. Because as we said earlier, this stuff is prevalent in the church. People that say they know God, but they deny him by their actions. And that famous quote from DC Talks album, Jesus Freak, which says, the, the greatest cause for atheism in the world is Christians because they p- confess Jesus with their lips, but they deny him by their lifestyle. Yep. And it's so true. There's no truer words have ever been spoken. The Altar Life. Music. Please give us the power to blow people's minds with our high voltage rock. Truth. Come on now, don't be bashful. Real. I'm trying to think, but nothing happens. The Altar Life. With Brent. Someone need a hug. And Jeff. I like to eat. Is that such a crime? Period. All right, that was Joel Hansen. Make things right. And I can't believe the uh, episode is over already. Um, We had a great discussion tonight in Titus 1 and just talking about... Um, you know, the role of, of a servant in the context of the body of Christ and to be able to sift out truth versus error and, um, and to have a heart that wants to see our brothers living in the truth, you know, and, um, you know, how are we going to be effective in this if we don't know the truth ourselves? So, I mean, ultimately it's a challenge for all of us to get in the word of God and to know what he says. And, you know, to eat up the word of God, man, it just convicts me, you know, to hunger for it and thirst for it and to know it, (laughs) memorize it, to have it in your heart so that as those things like the culture throws it at us all the time, we're able to sift through 
what's true and what's not true and to be able to help our brothers ultimately and help each other stay grounded you know um which i think is one of the big benefits of being in the body of christ yeah i mean it, it's it's something that's lacking in the in the church today because everybody wants to you know walk lightly on you know tread lightly on eggshells and everything but you know, let's let's ask God to give us that heart for the Word, the understanding, and the the ability to apply the wisdom of the Word, and that uh, we would not shy away from those instances that require a sharp rebuke. You know, we don't want, we're not talking spiritual tattletales. We're talking about you know getting to the heart of the matter and correcting those that are walking a wrong path and bringing them back and covering the multitude of sins that could happen, like it says in James. So, great topic tonight. Join us next week as we get deeper into the book of Titus. But until then, be cool cats. Live for Christ.